Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Anthony and thank you all for joining us on today's episode. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers who listen to the show. We appreciate you and love you. And as always, I'm joined by my two partners in crime, Bonnie and Clyde, a.k.a. Daniel and Shay. How are you guys? Well, so my, I'm, I guess I'm Bonnie and Shay's Clyde? You guys can determine who is Bonnie and who is Clyde. All right. That'll be our topic of the show for another day, uh, deciding that. Uh, hey, hello. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Thank you for calling me uh, Bonnie or Clyde. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that, to be honest, because that's uh, that was my nickname uh, in elementary school. Bonnie or Clyde. That's it was little Bonnie or Clyde. Clyde. It was a long yeah. name. And I was like, you guys know who Bonnie and Clyde are? And no one knew. <laughs> No one knew. That's why they have to. They give you a choice of either or. Yeah. If I were to pick which one would yeah. be Bonnie, it would be Shay. Mm-hmm. I, I do give off a Bonnie Clyde. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's that's right. my vote. But if you guys want to vote, you you know the audience can vote on which one is Bonnie <laughs> and which one is Clyde. Go to thisimewitch.com slash Bonnie and Clyde vote now, and yes. uh, you'll have a vote there. But then, Anthony, who are you? Are you the car? No, that was uh, Thelma and Louise. <laughs> no, there is a car in Bonnie and Clyde. There is, there's a car, a car yeah. too. Yeah, there's a car Shut too. up. Yes, I'm the car. Are you, are you, the, time, are you, are you the Tommy gun? <laughs> yes, I am the Tommy gun. <laughs> there's I'm, a, there's I'm, a, oh, that, that Netflix gun? series, right? The, the Highwaymen. Isn't that with Bo- about Bonnie and Clyde? And uh, uh, Kevin Co- is it Kevin Costner and um, uh, why Woody am I Harrelson. blanking on his name? Woody Harrelson, yeah, in it. I don't. Re- I remember watching one episode and I was really bored, so I don't know. I think it was. I think it was a Bonnie and Clyde story. But anyways. Um. As always, you can catch a new episode of the Movie Podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter by searching This Time With. If you want to be part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and corrections, please head over to thistimewith.com slash talk. We're always looking forward to reading our mailbag, and if you don't send mail, Daniel will cry. <laughs> Isn't that, that true, just, Daniel? Uh, you will cry. That- that is uh that is the truth. That is wasn't that the name of the last Bond film as well? Daniel will cry. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sounds like about it. Daniel Craig. Yeah, they said Daniel will cry, but like no, let's make this no time to die instead. Yeah, so I, I kind of prefer the first title. Yeah, we also have a new commentary track this week on Sam Raimi's Spider Man. So we're celebrating its 18th anniversary. We had so much fun reminiscing about our first time watching it as well as Toby Maguire's crying face. And that's where I kind of got Daniel's <laughs> crying face. They're very similar faces, I'll be honest. Yeah, but his crying face is just my normal face. Oh, yeah. That's, and he uh, has an awful crying face. It's not a fun one, but you could hear us go deep into his crying face um, oh. on that commentary that's available now. Yeah. We also have a, a review, which is new to our um, to our uh, podcast. So, uh, Lala Lin left us a five-star review on Apple Pos- Podcasts and said, entertaining, informative, and consistent. These guys are just so charismatic and passionate about movies and actually know what they're talking about. I look forward to every single episode. Thank you, Lala Lin, for sending awesome. us that review. That's very nice. 
That's a very kind review. I love I love uh, that you said consistent. I think consistency is the key to all of this. So thank you the so much. The key is consistency. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah. I think that's the sequel to Daniel's Gonna Cry. D- Daniel Will Cry. Daniel Will Cry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Daniel didn't cry this week because we did get a mailbag uh, question or in, in more of like another more of another kind of review slash uh, what do you think? So Cosman says, hey, guys, hope you're all well and safe. I just want to send my support and respect for what you're doing and wish you all the best. Also, due to the 4th of May Day, I've been watching the sequel trilogy again, and I don't know why, to be honest. In the season <laughs> finale of The Clone Wars, are we going to ignore the fact that Clone Wars, especially the last season, is better in any way than the sequel trilogy? That's a topic that I would love to hear someday. Wishing you guys the best. Stay safe and sane. Thank you, Cosman. Thanks so much, Cosman, for yeah, that. Thanks, Cosman. Um, I've been hearing nothing but amazing things about the last season of Clone Wars, and I haven't mm-hmm. dived in yet. I've been wanting, for, I've been wanting for it to finish, so I don't have to wait for it. So I'm probably going to start that this week. But I've just been hearing such incredible things and. Um, what they're able to do with the Clone Wars and the stories they're able to tell, especially because it's animation, you could have such incredible visuals to support. Not that the sequels or any Star Wars before that didn't have that, but you could take it to the next level with characters and they all kind of match that world. So I'm really excited to dive back into that and see what Dave Filoni and the team there is doing. Even Paul Dini is part of it. Paul Dini, obviously Batman, the animated series writer and the Arkham games. So there's a lot of huge talent behind that show, and I'm just really excited to see um, see what they did with the last season. Yeah, I haven't actually yeah. had the chance to watch. Oh, Shay, would you like to go? No, 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 you go ahead. Oh, okay, I haven't had a chance to watch um, the last season of The Clone Wars, but from watching uh, Rebels, I kind of got into that whole animation Star Wars feel, and some of those lightsaber scenes were pretty on point better than what you would normally see in a, in a film. So I was looking for, I am looking forward to continuing the Clone Wars saga. Um, I just have to have, you know, I guess the, I've been procrastinating a bit about it. So now's the time. Now's yeah. the time. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the series yet. Um, I think I, I want to watch the series, but seven, I think seven seasons, right? Seven seasons. There is a list too, like if of like quintessential episodes you need to watch to understand the story, which pretty much makes it like twenty or twenty five episodes, um, which is also a cool way to watch it. Um, but it, again, like it's a really well made show, especially the the latter seasons and um, what they did with Star Wars Rebels, which is like the sequel series to it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely recommended. Yeah, I'll have to definitely jump into that, especially because it's all on Disney Plus. So shouldn't be exactly. Too bad. Yeah. All right, boys. Why don't we head oh. into the news? All right, boys. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> How Last dare you not check. call us Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. Let's head into the news. <laughs> I think that was our best one. That was we pretty tried. good. That was the it best sounded, one. We all sounded so like scared to do it too. We're yeah, just there like, was there was hesitance in our voice. Let just let me just prolong this. Do, 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 do. I'm sorry. Make that. that was a uh, that was I was doing the harmony for it. I thought that was the Bonnie and Clyde theme song. <laughs> oh uh, well, that was a spoiler <laughs> alert then. 
Are you guys ready for Nicolas Cage to play Tiger King's Joe Exotic in a scripted series from American Vandal showrunner? This is coming from Joe Osterson, Justin Kroll of Variety. So Nicolas Cage is set to star in a scripted series centered on Joe Exotic, the subject of the Netflix docuseries Tiger King. Variety has learned exclusively. The eight-episode series is being produced by Imagine Television Studios and CBS Television Studios. It will be taken to market in the coming days. It is based on the Texas Monthly article, Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild, by Leif Regstad. This is the second announced scripted series about the bizarre world of Tiger King. The first scripted series was announced late last year. Kate McKinnon is attached to star in the executive star in an executive produce a series based on the Wondery podcast Joe Exotic, with McKinnon attached to play Carol Baskin. That series hails from the Universal Content Productions. So two, two Tiger King scripted movies coming out. One starring Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic, the other um Kate McKinnon playing Carol Baskin. What do you guys think of this? Uh, you know, Tiger King had definitely had its moments, especially at the beginning of quarantine and people really diving into it. I really enjoyed it. I know, Anthony, you really enjoyed it too. Um, but I just don't know the point of having a movie or a series based on it because we already got a full look at it in a documentary it's like, it just seems weird to me to have now actors playing these characters that we've been introduced to. And not only one, we're going to have two series about this. And it just kind of yeah. feels like they're just trying to follow the trends rather than make good content. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing here is I haven't really finished the show. It wasn't for me. But it's just Nick Cage. He's not your bankable star anymore like he's more your um i don't say the word indie but like he he's grabbing these audiences right now that maybe aren't your casual or your typical moviegoers you know they're a very specific group of people that will go watch nicholas cage movies now and that's fine but you want to bring something like tiger king out there is this your way of bringing nicholas cage back out there really I, I don't know. Like, honestly, like, it just seems like they're just uh, they're just trying to find out how could we like you can't obviously make more Tiger King shows. They had the the extra episode they added hosted by Joel McHale, which was just not necessary at all. It was just them trying, I think, to start for content and being like, hey, this is the most popular show on Netflix right now. We need more content for it. Yeah. And now they're making these shows. And like by the time these shows are made, probably next year, a year and a half from now, it's like, will people still care at the end of the day? Yeah. Will people still be invested in this? And not again, not only one, it's two series. I haven't read the this monthly article from called The Dark Journey into the World of a Man Gone Wild. Um so it could bring light more information about who Joe Exotic is. Because it seemed like this was uh, an article that was even that was being made before even the documentary came out. So this could kind of give you more information or kind of dive deeper into the mindset of um, Joe Exotic. Plus, there was also this podcast called Joe Exotic. So there might be more information there. But um, I could see Kate McKinnon playing Carol Baskin. 
she has that Carol Baskin look. Right. I just I just feel like I like I, I'm a huge fan of Kate McKinnon, but I also don't want her to always be typecasted as like, low. Let me be cast as the weird person and maybe give it that SNL like skit. Vibe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to our second news story. Taika Waititi to direct new Star Wars film. And this is from Aaron Couch of the THR. Taika Waititi is officially headed to a galaxy far, far away. The filmmaker behind Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit will direct and co-write a new Star Wars movie for theatrical release. Oscar-nominated 1917 writer Christy Wilson Cairns will pen the script with Watiti. In addition to the Watiti news, Disney and Lucasfilm also confirmed Monday that Russian doll co-creator Leslie Headland will serve as showrunner for a Disney Plus streaming series set in the Star Wars galaxy. So what do you guys think of Taika coming back and actually directing a full-length movie? I mean, we, we, we discussed this back in, what, January, I think, when, when our boy Boris Kitt kind of broke this news. So this is now, I guess, more confirmation than anything else. Um, it seems like Taika's got a lot on his plate here. So I hope that, you know, this is, I guess, sooner rather than later. But, um, I mean, I'm down for whatever he does. Clearly, he has a knack for making space-based operas, considering, you know, we had... Thor Ragnarok, which was phenomenal, and he can do the emotional with his and funny with Jojo Rabbit and whatever else he's done as well. So Taika is the right person to make another Star Wars film because it's going to be fun. Um, I just wonder when and what it's going to look like here. Yeah, and you know, it's exactly what you said. I think he's going to bring a really unique view to it, and he's already directed an episode of The Mandalorian. So he's not. Uh, that's not his first entry into Star Wars, but mm-hmm. um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be nice to see it, and especially with the uh, the Russian doll um, co creator sh- being a showrunner for the show that they're gonna make. This is the thing. I'm really excited for more Star Wars that's not connected to the Skywalker saga, um, like directly. And I like that we're in a place where they're gonna start to do this and use Disney Plus and use Taika. I wonder if this is the movie that Kevin Feige is gonna be producing because we had that story last year that he'd be producing a Star Wars movie. I wonder if it's this one since he's worked with Taika on a with in on the Marvel side of Disney already. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm excited for this. I'm excited for more Star Wars that's kind of unique and different and could have fun with it rather than having to, you know, always be building up as like the end of a saga. Like no, there's a billion other planets you could look at. Let's have some fun with it. And now, 1917 could- director uh writer is part of it. That's amazing. Now, Taika's still on track to direct the next Thor movie, yep. which hasn't really started production yet. So this would probably come after that Thor movie is finished. So he has a, quite a bit of stuff to do, and he was yes. still like he was still like on the table to pl- to direct Akira, but now that's officially shelved. Plus, he might have his own original projects that he might be creating. So we yeah. don't. There's so much this guy is doing now. He's like the the um the direct the most wanted director in Hollywood. Yeah, I feel like him and like Jordan Peele kind of have like a similar like what Jordan Peele kind of did for like with horror, Taika is kind of doing with comedy and like this action comedy. Now they're like those most wanted in demand directors now. And they they may just attach their name to a lot of shows and movies. Um L- L- Thor Love and Thunder. So the next Thor movie is coming out February 18th, 2022. So if he shoots 
uh, I could see him shooting Thor next year, which makes sense. And then Star Wars in 2022. So maybe the earliest we'll see this movie is 2023, 2024. If that, depending on what the world is like in the next year or so. Um, So this is a good three to four years away still. Yeah. Moving on to more Star Wars news. Tomorrow, Morrison to appear in Boba Fett in season two. And this what is, did you call it, by the way, Jerry? Tomorrow, Morrison. No, no, no. What did you call it? Store Wars? Store Wars? <laughs> I had to read the document again to see if you didn't see Storage Wars. Yeah, like, you're like, moving on to more. This, oh, this is, you know what this is? Sorry, that's the China version of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, it's a, that's a way back right there. Uh, China. China. Tamara yeah, yeah. Morrison to appear as Boba Fett in season two. This is from Will Thorne of Variety. Tamara Morrison is returning to the Star Wars galaxy, not oh, okay. Storage Wars galaxy. Storo Wars. I'm like, who? <laughs> this time playing a different iconic villain. The New Zealand actor will appear in season two of The Mandalorian as Boba Fett. Sources with knowledge of the series confirmed to Variety, having played his father and clone Django in the prequel movies. Disney did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Rumors had been swirling that Bobo... Bobo... Boba... <laughs> Boba... Bobo the Clown... <laughs> would Bobo make an appearance clown. in the Disney Plus series, after a mysterious off-screen character made similar noises to the bleeps from the character suit at the very end of the fifth episode of season one. So what do you guys think of Tamara Morrison appearing again as a fet. <laughs> it's cool. Again, I think Mandalorian is a, it's a really unique series in the sense that they could just do whatever they want. Now we had the story a few weeks ago that Ahsoka was going to be on it. And now we're going to have Django fet or Boba fet returning. Uh, I'm not surprised that Boba fets alive. That's kind of been the, the feeling for a lot of characters for the last few decades that he survived return of the Jedi. So um, it'll be cool to see him make his return and hopefully it's earned because obviously the Mandalorian culture in Star Wars is so beloved because it all started from Boba Fett. Um, so I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. And I'm excited to see what the Mandalorian season two is going to be because it sounds like they're really doing a lot of unique stuff. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is going to be directing an episode of it. You got a lot of new characters coming into the mix. So it sounds like it's going to be a really cool, uh, really cool season. Can I ask a question? Yo, yeah. What yeah. is so beloved about Bubble Fett? I, I never understood it. What is what is the thing? Like, why does everyone love Bubble Fett? I think it's just like the helmet and the look of him, and he, that he's just like a a bounty hunter in that world, and he's just so con- such a stark contrast to, um, I guess our main heroes. But also, I feel like the his like even though he was more introduced in in the original series movies, I think it's been the lore since and the video games and the prequels and the novels that all came out afterwards that kind of really filled in his, the gaps of his story and stuff that mm-hmm. made him like a more loved character. Cause what we saw of him in the original trilogy isn't anything really super special. It's, I think it's everything after that, that made him a bit more uh, loved. Yeah. And then obviously the clones from um, the clone wars as well too, mm-hmm. I think made people, more attached to them as characters. For me, it was his spaceship that really drawn me to the character. But other than that, he was, he wasn't big enough for me to be like, Oh, I love Boba Fett. 
Yeah. But yeah, his spaceship was iconic because it had like it landed on its yeah, back rather than it was like this vertical kind of spaceship where it flew forward in a way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we spoke last week too about Josh Trank. Um he was gonna direct a Boba Fett movie. Mm-hmm. And now it's he's let's I'm curious to see how he's gonna interact now with the Mandalorian. I think that'll be uh, I think it'll be pretty cool. So October, this new season's gonna be coming out. Cool. I mean let's cool, see. Cool, cool. Let's see. Um, San Diego Comic-Con will be streaming an event this summer, and this is from Joe Fingus of Engadget. So the decision to cancel San Diego Comic-Con 2020 surprised no one in light of COVID-19, but that doesn't mean you'll have to wait until 2021 to get a taste of that experience. The organizers announced via deadline a Comic-Con at-home event that will take place sometime this summer. Details of the event are scarce, but it's clear that you'll be streaming panels and trailers instead of queuing up for hours or booking overpriced hotel rooms. What do you guys think of Comic-Con coming to the online platform? Do you think it'll be a paid service or just available for everyone? I really hope it's it's not a paid service. I mean, there's ways for these companies to get money online through advertisements without having to have us pay for an experience like that. Uh, I'm curious as to how it's going to break down. Like, I wonder um, if the studios will be doing events through Comic-Con. If, you, if you're familiar with what's happening in the video game industry right now, we have something going on called Summer Games Fest through um, uh, Jeff Keighley. He is basically, you know, one of the, one of the big video game... Figureheads. Uh, figureheads, publicists, whatever you want to call it, really. He's, he's huge. And since E3 is not happening, I think he took it on himself to kind of create this amazing experience where all the video game studios and, and um, publishers and everybody are kind of getting together until August to announce games, announce consoles, announce whatever they want to announce through this platform. So if Comic-Con does something similar to that, I'm on board. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm also kind of nervous because... I wonder what they are really going to do. Yeah, I think I think this is one of those things that, uh, you know, we look at E3 in the past, and that's been a very much event-driven. There's so many things to Comic-Con that aren't uh, just movie announcements and things like that as well, too. There's so many panels and uh, vendors there that, that they really rely on Comic-Con to make money. So I'm curious to see how that's going to extend out to them as well, too. Um, cause I think at the end of the day, uh, studios announcing movies, uh, you could do that anywhere on your own timeline, but it'd be nice to have it under the Comic-Con umbrella to see, um, you know, Marvel announced a bunch of shows and movies last year at Comic-Con and, um, at their own, at the D23 as well. So, um, you know, a lot of these bigger companies have their own avenues of announcing things, but a lot of people rely on Comic-Con to be that hub and to get that spotlight, to get that 15 minutes in the spotlight. So um, I'm hoping that they keep that into account. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just really curious to see what this is going to look like. Is this going to be a week of events that you could just tune in for? Um, yeah, as Anthony said, is this going to be a paid thing? I can't see it being a paid thing. I hope not. Uh, but for so long, a lot of the footage that we saw in Comic-Con was exclusive to Hall H. And then you would get like a leaked version of it online that would be taken down immediately. Um, so I'm just curious to see what this is going to look like when it happens, whenever it happens this year. Definitely. I hope it, I hope it is something that we can all stream and all our houses can become Hall H and there is no need to um, have to pirate 
Camp out. Camp out, pirate, you know, little footage of a movie that might be coming out in the coming future. So um, we'll look forward to that. Yeah. Hall H at home, right there. It's done. Hall H at home. You know who's not going to be home? Tom Cruise, because he's going to be in space. Oh, Tom man. Cruise plots a movie to shoot in space with none other than Elon Musk's SpaceX. And this is from Mike Fleming Jr. of Deadline. So Tom Cruise, he's I think this is the movie that kills him. He's going to space. So Deadline is hearing that Tom Cruise and Elon Musk's SpaceX are working on a project with NASA that would be the first narrative feature film, an action adventure to be shot in outer space. It's not a Mission Impossible film. And no studio is in the mix at this stage. NASA Administrator Jim Bernstein, Brendenstein, on confirmed deadline scoop. NASA is excited to work with Tom Cruise on a film abroad the space station, aboard the space station, sorry. We need popular media to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists to make NASA's ambitious plans a reality. Wow. So, Tom Cruise is going to shoot an action-adventure in space rather than in front of a green screen. What do you guys think of this? Uh, I mean, it's, it's about time, right? It's about time. Yeah, Let's I be mean, honest this, here. This has been the joke for a long time of, you know, what's next for him to do? Space. And <laughs> now it seems to be happening. Is he going to run in space is the question here. He'll find a way. I'm thinking he'll find a way. It'll be a very anticlimactic, slow, like moonwalk kind of run. So I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, about the budget of a, a this movie. Like, how the hell are they going to shoot an action adventure in space? Just the word, like action adventure. So when you hear those, you you think of like either some sort of action movement, like running or explosions, which you can't do any of those in space. It's not a lot of sound. Well, there's no sound in space. There's no air. Like, what are they going to do? I wonder if this is like, uh, you know, and then stick with me here with this. But like, you know, with a lot of movies, we like when we were talking about like how they appease to the China, like to the Chinese government. um, I wonder if this is them like NASA is going to pay them a bunch of money to shoot up there. And it's like it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be the whole movie, but maybe it's this one scene and it was shot on the space station. And it's like, they'll use that as the marketing for it where it's like, this is what we did. This is how we're getting that. We're accepting the money from NASA to shoot this movie. And we're also shooting on their space station. Uh, I think of like Iron Man three, for example, one of the many, many different examples of movies that have Chinese scenes where it's like, it's one extra scene that they shot there and we didn't even get it here in North America, it's only for the, in China, they really said it's an extra scene where you see Tony getting his heart surgery. Um, We have it as like a bonus feature here, but like they just have that one scene that's like tacked on. I wonder if it's going to be like a whole movie or is it going to be just like one random scene? Cause I like, I'm just trying to think of the crew and everything that's needed to shoot a movie. I can't see them doing a full feature film on the space station. No, I I definitely think there'll be like certain elements done on space, but overall it'll be, probably somewhere else. I mean, the training that, you know, Tom Cruise is going to have to go through, um, it'll remind me of Armageddon where they trained uh, drill, like drillers to <laughs> go to space. Like they're not going to just train an actor to go to space for, you know, a long period. It might be just something that's like very basic, I guess. 
I love uh, I love how you brought up that example of Armageddon, and I just I always just think of it and laugh of like when Ben Affleck questioned Michael always. Bay on it. Always, <laughs> and, he, and he's like, "Wouldn't it be easier to teach astronauts how to drill instead of teaching drillers how to be astronauts?" <laughs> and then Michael Bay tells him to fuck off. Yeah, it's it's just it's like I always think about that. I'm like, this uh, movie, like, because it's funny because in Deep Impact, which just came which came out the same year. It's the complete opposite. They teach astronauts how to drill, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this this makes more sense. Like, yeah, this this seems more feasible. Yeah. <laughs> now, the the quote that was said: "We need more popular media to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists to make NASA's ambitious plan a real plans a reality." Don't we get a lot of like space movies in the past decade that kind of does that? So we do, but the problem that I think lately is that when you ask kids nowadays, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? No one's saying an astronaut anymore. Exactly. I think, I think exactly. people are kind of, or kids these days, don't understand what space really is anymore. They're, they just, it's like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, whatever's up there. The That lure into space is kind of gone. It was, it was big, obviously, when, you know, man first landed on the moon. And yeah. then after that, it just started to take a dive. No one cared anymore. Because it costs yeah, I mean, so much money. Exactly. Yeah, that's the biggest yeah. one. It was uh, like literally just dumping money into um, a platform that wasn't bringing back any money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, right? Exactly what Chase said. When we had the space race going on, and you think of the astronauts now, a lot of them are older. They grew up either seeing the first man land on the moon or being young and hearing about it. And then that kind of inspired them to... Uh, want to go to space and become astronauts and i think because we have so many space movies and we're somebody's always on a space station or we always see like spacex or rockets flying all the time like it's not like we're just not it's not special as special anymore to us as it once was even though it's it is special but like that magic that like mysticism of seeing a rocket fly isn't as a big a deal anymore because we're so used mm-hmm. to seeing it. Mm-hmm. And one thing about the SpaceX rocket is that it could it could leave the atmosphere and actually return in one piece. So that's something that's um, new because before rockets would just kind of disintegrate in outer space and you would have to like re-enter in a different way. This one will actually return back to the space station, so it's a it's like literally like a plane, which is yeah. interesting. Uh, moving on back to Earth, New Zealand returns to production, paving <laughs> to way Middle for Av- to Middle Earth, and what's the other Earth? The Nahi Earth? Earth. What's Avatar's Earth? Pandora. That's another planet, man. Oh, pan- planet, pa- Pandora. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> you know what's yeah. not another pa- planet? New Zealand. New Zealand is on this planet, planet, and it is. New Zealand returns to production, paving way for Avatar sequels and the Lord of the Rings series to resume filming. This is from Andrea Wiseman of Deadline. New Zealand's health and safety production protocols have been endorsed by the national government, meaning production can restart in the country after it was halted by the coronavirus pandemic. Some film and TV shoots are already safely underway. The New Zealand Film Commission has confirmed to us the, petition, uh, the potential paves the way for the country's highest profile productions, James, James Cameron's Avatar sequels and Amazon's The Lord of the Rings series to get back underway in coming months. 
I actually think um, Avatar are, began shooting again because I saw a picture of um, Cameron directing um, some some actors underwater in mm-hmm. a water tank. So he's already like, I think that guy was like, you know, fuck, pan- fuck this pandemic. I'm still making this movie, you know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I, they've been it, shooting so. this forever too. So, have they not? Like, haven't they not they been have. shooting Avatar two? Like, didn't they wrap production on the live action parts of it already? I they, know they're shooting like ninety more, but like, yeah, they've literally been shooting for forever. Like, as I, I think kids can now vote. Like, the kids that were born when that movie first came out and started shooting, they can probably <laughs> vote now. Like, that's it's been that long, and I honestly, I'm, I'm. As of right now, I don't care for the series. I mean, I'm not like trying to be a curmudgeon and be like, "Oh, screw Avatar." No, it's just like you you took so long, and you've been changing like your method so much that I, I don't know if I care anymore. I mean, when the trailer comes out, I'll probably care then. When the film comes out, I'll probably care then. But as of right now, I don't believe it until I see it. Yeah, it feels so far away. Yeah, because like we've been hearing about these sequels. Like, I saw a tweet the other day that I was like, "Oh." We're Avatar sequels to come out 2015 and 2016, and it's like we're five years later almost, and yeah. nothing. Exactly. Yeah, but it's still good news that they're actually shooting something or yeah, something, yeah. something, something, some production is happening. So that's that's good news. It means like you know we'll be able to watch new shows in the coming weeks or years in terms of James Cameron's Avatar. Um, but. Also good news is Chinese cinema is set to gradually reopen after authorities give green light. And this is from uh, Tom Grader and Nancy Tartaglione of Deadline. I had to pronounce that, pronunciate that name many, many times. Uh, Chinese authorities will allow further leisure venues, including cinemas, to gradually reopen now that the coronavirus pandemic has largely been controlled in the country. The top administrative body said on Friday. This comes after movie theaters were shuttered nationwide in January, ultimately dealing a 2.5 billion loss to the box office in just the first quarter. No time frame was given for the reopening. The state council posted a statement to its official website saying that venues, including cinemas, will need to adhere to strict prevention measures, including disinfection, enhanced ventilation, limiting visitor numbers, and utilizing face masks. Movie tickets will also need to be pre-ordered, a practice the market is well accustomed to. So what do you guys think of movie theaters opening up in China? This is the second time they're reopening it. The first time was limited. This is more of a, we'll say, a grander scale. You know, I'm I'm of two minds with this. Um, movies opening, sure. But also, like, what are you going to be watching? There's nothing out. And I know they said they're going to be re-releasing stuff, but... I'll be honest, like, I don't want to go to the theater to watch Avengers again. I want to go to watch new things because I've had Avengers for years now. Um, But also when you see the measures that we have to put in place, and I was reading, too, that in some, I think in the States when they're reopening some, they're going to be doing temperature checks and all this. And it's just like, how about we just wait until it's safe? Right. You know, because, like, it seems like there's a lot of risk going on and if theaters are already losing a lot of money and they're going to reopen up, if they're going to now space out seating, that's half the seats of, if not more then you're not going to be able to sell per theater because there's going to be distancing between each seat. And it's like, 
me, the person who wants to go see a movie in theaters, is like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see new things, but it's also like, it just seems not safe yet. Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. I feel like we could get into um, like a six-hour discussion about how the world is not ready to open up yet, but for some reason people are fighting to open up. And protesting. And, and protesting. Like I'm seeing photos from everywhere, right? So it's it's absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, I just I, – I don't think right now – as much as I can say, hey, yeah, I want to go watch a movie in theaters, I, I'm not comfortable yet. I'm really not. Yeah. yeah. No. It's at, too at, soon. It's too soon. And if you're telling me you have to take my temp check my temperature and do this and do that and do this, like I'm I'm this is the thing. I'm glad these measures are there. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that they continue even after this vaccine in some regard. But it's just like it just doesn't seem important yet i know we're we're right. two to three months into this i know people are dying to get out there and do stuff you know like i had we had garden centers here in ontario open up yesterday and i drove by home depot and the lineup was around the building to get mm-hmm. inside at one location and it's like people are antsy to go out and do stuff but i'm just curious now is that the safest thing to do is that the most important thing to do right now and is that is that responsible for theaters to open up? No, yeah. No, I think you hit it right on the nose, Daniel. Like, is it responsible for us to be going to movie theaters at this point in time? Probably not. Probably until, you know, everything calms down and we slowly get back into the rhythm of things. But this is this is not like there's this rush that I don't understand the world needs, and I feel like we just need patience. Patience is a virtue, and a lot of people don't, and and that's sad because I see it a lot. People just don't have patience. There's this rush to go somewhere that you don't need to go to. I feel like it's only here in North America that we have that issue where it's such a drive to like, these are my rights being taken away. It's like, oh, okay, I guess. I mean, sure. Are they though? Who's taking away your rights? It's more about hey, there's some shit going on outside, and we want you to stay safe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a whole other topic. It is. It definitely is. But definitely ties into our next story, though. Yeah. So you know who wants to wants you to go to the theaters? (laughs) You know who wants to give you coronavirus? Yeah, he don't care. He'll give you IMAX virus. Oh, (laughs) I'll take IMAX virus. That sounds cool, though. I'll take IMAX. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher Nolan wants Tenant to revive movie theaters. Will it? This is from Brett Lang and Rebecca Rubin of Variety. For movie theaters shuttered by coronavirus, it's becoming something of a mantra. Just wait until Tenant. Tenant is more than a movie. It's a spark that cinemas are counting on to ignite a movie-going revival in the U.S. and beyond. Nearly every blockbuster set to debut this year has shifted after the coronavirus pandemic prompted cinemas nationwide to close, while temples like Universal's Fast and Furious installment F9 and Disney's The Internals were pushed into 2021. Tenant has been one of the few films to hold steady on the release calendar. When movie theaters do reopen, Nolan wants his big-budget espionage thriller, thriller to be the first to greet moviegoers on the big screen. Chris really would like to be coming out with a film that opens theaters. IMAX CEO Rich Richard Gelfond said on a recent earnings call meeting, I don't know anyone in America who is pushing harder to get the theaters reopened 
and to get his movie released than Chris Nolan. What do you guys think of Christopher Nolan's push for <laughs> theaters to reopen no matter what the atmosphere is outside? I don't know if it's no matter what the atmosphere, though. That's what it sounds but, like, though. He wants you to catch it. Christopher Nolan wants you to catch Corona. That's what the headline is. You know what? Be. If it's the last first movie you see, if it's the last movie you see <laughs> and you die of COVID, it want, he wants it to be tenant. He wants it to be tenant. Um, here's the thing. Uh, the reason why this movie hasn't pushed is because it's still slated for mid July, and back in May, sorry, back in March and back April, back in May days, back in May days, that seemed like that that was a far enough date, and it's still over two months before this movie opens. So I get why they haven't pushed it yet. Um, and you've seen every movie since then. It's like Tenet, Mulan, Wonder Woman. Everything's being pushed for the end of summer. Um, but again, I don't know if we're going to be there yet, even though this is still two months away, it'd be great for theaters to be in a place where we can open then, but it's all, if it's safe or not, that's the thing. But I don't know where this movie is going to fit now because everywhere, everyone else has planted its flag. So I don't know where this movie could fit and hit. like Nolan usually is in July for his movies. He likes that spot in July. So it's going to be it's going to be weird to see where they what they do with it if they decide to push it and if they push this movie does that mean Mulan gets pushed again and Wonder Woman gets pushed again cuz who knows who knows what's going to happen yeah. yeah i don't think i, I don't know I mean, it's 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 interesting because we we we've talked about this film a lot this has been like the the hot one that everyone's kind of watching right now to see okay if tenet moves then what but Again, to, to echo our last statement, the world is not ready yet. And I don't think Christopher Nolan wants to have the restrictions on movie theaters like they do in China, where it's mm-hmm. you know very controlled and how many right. people go watch. He wants the mass to watch this but film. We don't know that. We can't say that, though, for certain. That he's like, no, let's go in. Everybody go in naked. No one wear masks. Everybody just touch each other. <laughs> we'll watch this movie. Movie. <laughs> you know? Lick um, each other. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> share, share, your, share your straws with one another. You know, really make, cut down on the straws. Make sure to sneeze and cough with your mouth. You know? um, yeah, and again, this is still two months away, so who knows what's going to happen, but uh, it's... Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like then. And it's it's just so we don't know what's going to happen this week, you know, and we're seeing yeah. more and more things open up and it's like, you know, for the first time at least in Ontario, we're starting to see our numbers go down a little bit. Um, but I don't want that to all go to waste because we're opening up theaters and malls and hubs for people to congregate. Um, I don't I don't know how they could do it responsibly. I really don't. And at the end of the day, it's not up to Nolan. It's up to Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has the final say on what happens to this movie. Obviously, he has a lot of pull, but it's going to be up to them. And I'm curious to see if they will ever consider home release or releasing it limitedly. I don't know. I, I don't know what they can do to get people to see this in theaters this, this summer. Yeah. We're two months away to see. I was saying next summer. I don't know because it's it's already it's already pretty stacked next summer too with things. So like I don't know where I don't know if they would want to push it another another year. You know, that's just another year of sitting on something that's done and needs to be marketed and get out there to the masses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, my advice to Christopher Nolan is 
make your movies faster and have them come out sooner. <laughs> Jeez. That's our advice to every Hollywood director who has a movie for this summer. Get better. <laughs> Set your priorities straight, you know? Let's move on to trailers. Ready, guys? Yep. Trailers. 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 Uh, it's okay. We fixed it. We corrected it. We corrected it. So we had quite a bit of trailers this week. Uh, we have Space Force. Who would like to talk about Space Force? Um, it looks interesting. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's coming from the creators of The Office, and you know, you got Steve Carell. It's a very stat cast with Jane Lynch is in it. Um, Lisa Kudrow. Out, Lisa Kudrow. So you know, you got some some big names. Um, it looked interesting. I I didn't. I, the problem with comedy show trailers is they the context isn't there for a lot of the jokes sometimes. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't laugh as much. So until I watch the show, that's when I start to laugh a lot. So I, I almost hate watching trailers for comedy shows or even comedy movies because they don't, they, they paint almost like a boring picture sometimes for me personally. So I, I'm still going to watch it. Obviously it's going to be on Netflix and I've got nothing else to watch. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I uh, echo those sentiments for sure. Uh, it looks like it could be fun. Uh, again, great cast, and it's. I just want to see it, uh, but it does have that Netflix show feel to it. So I'm it also does. hoping that it's. I'm also hoping that it delivers because when this was first announced, I obviously being a huge Office fan, like many people are, I was like, oh, I want the Office, but in space. But it's not going to be that. It's a lot more. It looks more like a, a dramedy than anything. It, it really does. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Last of Us Part Two. Oh, buddy. So this trailer looked really, really good. Um, setting setting you up for the movie release. So I would say this was the, um, what, what do they call these types of trailers? The Not the like prologue. The, like the story. story trailer? Yeah, they call it the story trailer. So, um, yeah, like what did you guys think of the Last of Us Part 2 story trailer? I mean, I was I was shook. I mean, I you guys know, again, how big of a fan of The Last of Us I am. And watching that trailer, I... It was emotional. It was such an amazing experience. The the graphics, like a lot of that actually was gameplay as well, if you don't realize that when she's mm-hmm. building the gun on the table, that's actually from the game when she's building it. Um, so there's amazing music. It, it seems like it's going on a darker, darker tone. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, Haley Gross, who was one of the head writers for Westworld, is one of the head writers for The Last of Us Part Two. I know they recruited her to kind of come over and, um, you know, paint a story that they could tell. So season one, she was really involved in with Westworld, and I really enjoyed that season of Westworld. So I'm excited to see kind of where they take this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's crazy to think that we're like 39 days away from it. Uh, I only know that because I was checking to see if it – every day, every time I check my PlayStation, I always see, can I download it yet? Even though it keeps telling me in June. Um. Yeah, this game looks and it's going to be phenomenal. Um, what I love that what Neil Druckmann said, the d- director of the game and the, the the lead writer on it, he said that you know if the first game was about love, this one's about hates. And I'm just like, the first one was about love, like that. That was a that was a dark game, and it's like this one's about hates. So I'm really excited to see where they go with it, and um, it's unfortunate, obviously, that they had to deal with the leak. So obviously. Forewarning, if you are on social media and you see Last of Us posts, avoid the comments, avoid those tweet threads because uh, people are jerks and there's been a lot of trolls out there trying to spoil things. So just be vigilant when you're out there and uh, um, 
seeing any uh, potential spoilers for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So moving on from The Last of Us, we're going to talk about Michelle Obama's Becoming. So a new Netflix docuseries about Michelle Obama. Yeah, so this is out already, yeah. the show. Is it? It is, yeah. I was like, oh, it's it's already out. The trailer dropped, and then it was out. <laughs> I love Netflix. They'll just yeah. like, release a trailer and release the movie. It was like immediate. Yeah, so uh, I, I have it in my watch later. I'm hoping to watch it. It's more about her. You see some of her upbringing, but it's also more about uh, like through the lens of her book tour that she did last year or the year before. Um, but yeah, it looks really well made. Yeah. We also got our first glimpse of the King of Staten Island. So this is Judd Apatow's um, movie starring, what's his name? I forgot his name. Pete Pete Davidson. Davidson. Pete Davidson. It's really about his life, I'm guessing, in a sort. There's there's certain real life scenarios about this movie that has happened to uh, Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. I I um, like this trailer. I really liked it. I really connected with it for some reason. Even though I'm not a Pete Davidson fan, or I don't know much about him. Um, I really liked the tone and where the movie was going, and like the actual story. It was um, it was really interesting. Yeah, exactly that. I was really surprised by this trailer. Also, great music. You had Kid Cudi in there, and you had the Wallflowers. Um, but like, it's just it just seemed like. A really well it looks like it's gonna be a really well made movie and when i first yeah. heard when they first announced like yeah this movie's coming to, right to streaming instead of going to theaters like a couple weeks ago i was like oh great a pete davidson movie but this actually looks really really good and like it reminds me a lot of like what judd apatow did with like the big sick where it was like a dramatic or comedic version of like kumail nanjiani's life um and now we're getting one for pete davidson as well too and like Anthony said, like I'm not a huge fan of his, but this actually looks really well done. Yeah, it's uh, it's what like it's this dramedy effect. You know, Judd Apatow has a very certain style, and it, the trailer is completely filled with it. Where it's these everyday scenarios, and the comedy that's kind of taking place um, is it's always interesting. Let's just say that. But um, yeah, I I. Again, in the beginning, didn't really care much for this because I was like, oh, this is probably going to be some stupid comedy. But it actually looks like it's got a lot of heart. And again, a great cast as well. So I'm always down to see it. Yeah. Um, We also got a trailer for Becky, which was an interesting trailer. It felt like almost like a coming of age teenage flick, but turned into a neo-Nazi kill fest for, (laughs) for for a... for a little kid who's trying to protect her family. Yeah. And of all people, Kevin James. Yeah. I, that's yeah. that literally the king of, king of out. Queens. Yeah. Now he's the king of Nazis, you know, oh, like, wow. He's just, yeah. When I saw this, I was like, okay, okay. Neo-Nazi Kevin James, Kevin James. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it looks, I feel like he's trying to get that role. That's going to get people to take him seriously. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, it's a very uh, interesting. Joel McHale is in it as well too. So it's like, this looks like it's a very much like a C-level movie, but hopefully it's one of those movies that kind of catches people off guard and ends up being really good. I think the trailer was, um, it, it kind of had me interested a little bit, I won't lie. But uh, at the same time, I was like, some of the editing in the trailer was really off. And I was like, okay, you have me, and then you, you lost me. You have me, you lost mm-hmm, me. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but I mean, with nothing being out in the world right now, I, I don't think I'd mind seeing this. 
Yeah, so this comes out on June 5th of this year. Um, and it's it's interesting because it has, like, did you guys take in all the production studios behind it? There's, like, 40,000 of them. There's, like, 40,000, like, red boxes. Part. Like, it looks like a like a direct-to-DVD bin movie. 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah, June 5th for, I guess, a home release uh, home release watch. We'll see. It just says June 5th. It doesn't say whether or not it's going to be in theaters or not. I can't see it going to theaters, but who knows? Who knows? Let's who see. Who knows? Yeah, I probably will. Won't. It'll be in our on iTunes. Or maybe Amazon Prime. Yeah, who knows? maybe. Um, we also got another trailer for... Sh- well, not another trailer, but our first trailer for Shirley. Which is um, a movie about uh, for she's a horror writer, I'm guessing from the right. 1960s. Elizabeth Moss, yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss plays <laughs> Elizabeth Shirley. Moss. Shirley something something. Forgot her name. Uh, who is a uh, horror writer? Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. Yeah. So she's a horror writer of the horror horror <laughs> <laughs> the haunt the haunting of Hill House. Yes. And it just dives into her actual like being, like how she wrote these stories and where she was coming from and if she was sane or not from the looks of this trailer. So it's kind of like a biopic of Shirley. Yeah. And so it's kind of through the lens of like a young couple that start that comes to live in her house um, and they kind of start going mad. And uh, mm. obviously, Elizabeth Moss is hot off of the Invis- Invisible Man, which she was phenomenal in. It looks like she's going to be taking on another really creepy role. This is actually being released by Neon um, and executive produced by Martin Scorsese. Wow. Yeah. So this actually comes out on video on demand on June 5th. So we don't have long to wait now. Cool. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and our last trailer of the week is Yes, God, Yes. Yes, it was. God, <laughs> yes. Um, another, I would say, coming of age uh, teenage pick about a girl and her, uh, we'll say, uh, how can I say Sexual it? adventures. Nice, yeah, we'll say sexual adventures. <laughs> and being brought up in a holy... A very Christian household. Christian environment, yeah. Yeah. And her kind of discovering. It's starring, um, I'm going to forget her name, but uh, she plays, I know her name is Nancy Dyer, and she's from uh, Stranger Things, but who'd she play again in, what's her name in Stranger Things? Her her name is, uh, yeah, Nancy Dyer, and she plays, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on her name? Oh, Nancy Wheeler. Yeah, Nancy Nancy Wheeler. Wheeler, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Nancy Wheeler. Um, yeah. yeah, this looks this looks interesting. It's uh, I guess it takes place in the early 2000s or late 90s because she's using AOL Messenger, which those photos are loading way too fast for her to for she's AOL the, Messenger. She's the best AOL, bro. Yeah, dude, they're just like clicking, loading instantly like she's on LTE back then. <laughs> um, but basically, like she, I guess she's very involved in her church and she goes to some type of Christian camp and like she's starting to, I guess, discover her sexuality and things outside of the world that she's typically is- exposed to and what seems taboo to mm-hmm. her uh, friends and family and classmates. So this looks interesting. This may mm-hmm. be one I give a little watch. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks I, fine. 
Yeah, it looked okay. Out this week, we have Capone, which is May 12th. Which is tomorrow, if you're listening to it on Monday. Strange day for a movie to come out. And Scoob, which is May 15th. So let's let's talk about Scoob here. This movie is is dropping at $30 Canadian dollars to own. That is a lot of Scooby Snacks, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of Scooby Snacks. Yeah, they are. So this was, again, this was going to get a theater release. Um, but they decided, you know what? Let's do what Trolls World Tour did and destroy our relationship with Universal. And now Warner Brothers is looking to do the same. Is this the movie that's going to take down Tenet from showing in theaters? Who knows? Um, mm. But yeah, so this is coming out. Like Shay said, I was blown away when I saw it in the Apple TV app for twenty nine ninety nine uh, to purchase it. Uh, Capone is coming out like on a regular Tuesday. It's like a regular Tuesday release for at least a, I think it's like fifteen or seventeen bucks or something like that. But um, and Capone's a brand new movie too. It's just I'm very surprised that they are giving a thirty dollar markup for this film first thing yeah. to do. It's a very, very insane price. I'll be honest. I was like, oh, you are brave, fellas. Yeah, they're trying to push that that uh, that line with the parents seeing if they'll just spend the money to get their kids entertained for the next two hours. Just think about it. Like, usually they would be spending money anyway, entertaining them in different areas. So why not, you know, try to get that money at home? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I wonder if theaters are going to have a similar type of reaction yeah, now to oh, yeah. Warner Brothers. Um, I, these damn kids' movies are taking down our our theaters, you know, or yeah. destroying our relationships. We'll see. Well, we'll see. What are we watching this week, guys? We'll start off with Shay. Hey, hey, hey! I don't know why I'm introducing myself again. I don't like but, it. Uh, I watched an episode of Prop Culture, specifically the Roger Rabbit episode. Um, it, it let's just say it didn't make me go back to watch it. I, I think overall the show it's got some good production, but it, nothing about it was really grabbing me. And I, I don't know if it's because of the host or because of just how it's structured. It it didn't make me go, oh my god, I'm I'm learning some great things. And I love props, but I didn't realize how boring that they made it seem. And sometimes it felt like they were <laughs> wow. diverting. I felt like sometimes they were diverting from certain things. Like they were focusing on one subject and then moving to another that I'm like, well, this isn't really a prop anymore. So what are you trying to do here? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think uh, I'm, I'm totally with you. I've watched, I think about four episodes of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, say, I feel like the show is missing like a, an ingredient. I feel like it's missing something Yeah, where it's like, in a sense, like there's good parts to it, but I just feel like there needs to be a bigger, there, there's just like just feels like there's something a missing piece to it that like I like that he goes to talk to some of the creators and some of the directors, but it also doesn't feel like there's a lot there sometimes. So I was watching the episode about um, I've watched a few of them. So I watched the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids episode, and like he goes to talk to Joe Johnston, who's a dr- the director of it, and it just kind of feels like like a thirty second conversation about hey here's a shrink ray, and he's like oh yeah this is a shrink ray. And it's like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of meat to the no. conversations. It's a little awkward there's, sometimes. Um, yeah, there's a, it's a little it's a little strange. And like, there'll be moments where he goes to show like the props to like some of the original cast or things like that. And it just kind of feels like you're going to follow a story, but it doesn't always produce a story. It's like he's just kind of chasing a story without it 
bearing any fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just think that the movies that they chose for the first rounds, not all of them were like super interesting. So I'm hoping because this is season one, I'm hoping if and when they do season two, they really try and dive a bit deeper into some props and some lore. And uh, not that the host is bad. He's just, uh, you could tell like he's a big prop collector. Um, so it, it doesn't always seem like, uh, like I'm not always interested in how he's kind of presenting it, but is it all Disney films like Disney uh, films or 20th century Fox films? Yeah. So it's uh, the first season is like Mary Poppins, honey, I shrunk ourselves, Roger rabbit, um, the Muppets movie, uh, pirates of the Caribbean mm. on, um, so there, there's some cool stuff there, but it doesn't always like, uh, it's not always as interesting. Like there's an episode, I think in the Tron episode, they're fixing like, he's like, Oh yeah, we're going to get this and fix the neon sign. So like they get the neon sign and then they restore it by the end of it. But it's like, yeah, but it's not always the most interesting thing to watch. Um, I think the idea is there, but like, I don't think it's fully developed yet. I'm hoping they figure something out season two to make it more interesting. Trying to bank on those like storage war type of, audience members right like like, that would watch that type of niche uh story yeah like i I, like i'd almost prefer and like i know like shay too like i i I, i'll speak to this like i almost prefer he had to like track down props or something because all of it's just like hey let's just pull something out of the disney archives and talk about it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. what else have you been watching shay uh i watched the last dance which was i mean this show, just this documentary series, just gets better and better. Like those last two episodes were amazing, loving it, yeah. absolutely loving it. Um, my siblings and I, we've been building a Lego DB7 from James Bond. So it's been about a couple of days since we've been building that. So we decided to put on Casino Royale and the and watch that and build along with it. So Which you're building I, the the car, right? His car. Yes, yes, his Aston Martin DB7. And uh, I absolutely love Casino Royale. It's one of my all-time favorite, not just Bond movies, but just movies in general. So to watch it again with them was was a great experience. Uh, watched Cheaper by the Dozen because my family wanted to just watch it while I was on TV. And I was like, sure, sounds good. Um, Harley Quinn, I've been watching a lot of that. The show is phenomenal. I mean, I think we talk about it. Well, Danny and I talk about it. Anthony, you haven't seen it yet for some reason. But we talk about it <laughs> almost every week about how amazing this show is and how we can't recommend it enough. So I still stand by it. Go watch it. And obviously, like Anthony said in the beginning, we released our Spider-Man commentary. So if you haven't given that a listen while watching it, Please do. I promise you, it's really funny, and maybe this time we end up killing Daniel. You never know. You'll never know. You'll you'll never know you'll until never you know. listen to it. Well, he's alive right now, so you didn't. Yeah, but him. am I though? No. Yeah, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm here. Daniel, what have you been watching? Uh, so I finished the newsroom this week. So I'm really happy that I got to finish that series. Uh, season three was I, I enjoyed season three a lot more than season two, um, and it's always kind of like at the end of a series, you always kind of like gets that, that feeling of like, Oh man, like I won't see these characters again because like the series is done. Um, so I kind of felt that at the end of with newsroom, uh, been watching the Disney gallery, the Mandalorian show, um, really well-made show. This is, this is one I definitely recommend over prop culture where it's kind of looking at 
Um, the first episode dove into like the directors behind the Mandalorian. So each one kind of gets a little vignette about them. So Bryce Dallas Howard, Taika, John Favreau, all of them, and kind of like what it took to bring this to the screen and what they all kind of brought to it. Um, the second episode is actually about the legacy. So if you ever want to hear somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to Star Wars and their name is not George Lucas, it's Dave Filoni. And he's the one who's the creator of the Clone Wars, and he's very much involved in the Mandalorian and Star Wars in general. Um, the way he talks about like Qui-Gon Jinn and Anakin in this episode about legacy is some of the most insightful things ever about Star Wars. So definitely watch the second episode. Really recommend that. Um, like Shay said, I've been watching prop culture as well. I've been kind of picking and choosing different episodes to watch. I'm not too sure if I'm going to go back and finish it. Who knows? Uh, it's good. It's something good to have on the background. Um, like all of us, again, I can't say anything more than what Shay said about the last dance. It's an absolutely phenomenal show. If you have any interest at all in basketball, or Michael Jordan, or the nineties, just the nineties in general. Exactly, like this show encapsulates uh, encapsulates that time so well. Uh, so definitely watch that. Uh, I started defending Jacob. So this is a series. This is an Apple TV series that came out uh, April twenty fourth. I want to say it began on the Friday. Uh, there's five episodes out right now, so I'm actually really enjoying that. It stars Chris Evans and Michelle Dockery and Billy from It's. And he plays young. Uh, he plays young um, Star Lord and in, in uh, Guardians of the oh. Galaxy, and he plays Jacob. Yeah, in the show. Uh, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's on Apple TV Plus. So if you're interested in kind of uh, like a drama, murder mystery slash courtroom drama, it's a really well done show. Uh, our Spider Man commentary is definitely out. So definitely listen to that because uh, it was fun going back and uh, watching that movie that's now 18 years old. Um, I don't know what else could could be said about Harley Quinn. It's a phenomenal animated show, and this this was a great episode. So definitely watch it, Anthony. Watch it. And last night I kind of I was like, hey, I haven't watched a nature documentary in a while, so I put on one called Bears, and this is a Disney nature one, uh, narrated by John C. Riley, uh, and it was cool. Bears are horrifying beasts. Let me tell you, <laughs> they're absolutely <laughs> horrifying. But very cute. But they will tear you to shreds. So don't mess with them. Yeah. So I'm, Anthony, you're up, man. Turn, you're man. up. So we're I've tagging watching, you. Uh, <laughs> you're tagging me. Funny. <laughs> um, I've been watching Last Dance. Uh, I think probably one of the best sport documentaries I've ever watched, ever. And mm-hmm. this documentary puts to rest the whole goat thing. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player to ever live. Why that was is, there even the, a like argument, there is like you know, LeBron James type of thing, and then the Kobe Bryant type of thing, and then Michael Jordan? There is no ifs and if ends or buts. It's Michael Jordan. He is mm-hmm. the greatest player because this guy was just natural mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have trainers like busting his balls. He didn't have like the the, the amount of like. Um, fitness coaches that they have. He just played basketball the way he wanted to play basketball. And there is nothing, there is no athlete in basketball today that is Michael Jordan. I'm not saying LeBron's not great. He is great. A different time, right? It's just that, just the way he plays basketball is like a ballerina. Just raw talent. It's just perfect. It's like perfect. The way he dunks, the way he, he 
and throws the ball, the way he shoots the three. It is perfect. It was also emotional seeing Kobe in that episode as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We saw him in a darker light in this in this last uh, episode, especially with the gambling and mm-hmm. kind of him kind of having to deal with like he is a he is in the limelight twenty four seven. Anything he'll do is going to be scrutinized by people, and it's hard to live that way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And this was before all of what we experience now. You know, yeah, with social media mm-hmm. and just TMZ seeing everything. Like this was kind of before all that. Even though the tabloids and paparazzi were there, this these would have been things that in today's culture could have ended careers. You know, yeah. Um, I'm continuing with Dark Side of the Ring. Just really, really oh, good yeah, series on uh, wrestling. Oh, you also watched it too, Daniel? I did. Yeah, great episode. Cool. Uh, finished up Westworld season three. Really, really good. There is going to be a season four, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I thought this season was a lot better than the second season. Um, just story wise and all the different characters. Still not on par. I'm not still not on board with um, what's his name? Uh, oh. Aaron Paul? No, not Aaron Paul. Harris, the man with the black hat. Still oh. not on par. Henry. Oh. Henry. That's his name. So I'm still not on par. I'm on ball with him. I just feel like his character is just, I don't know. He just, he doesn't really do much for the whole uh, Westworld vibe, but we'll see what happens in season four. Oh, Ed Harris. Uh, yeah. Ed Harris. Yes. Yeah. Great actor, though. Oh, phenomenal. I think he's like a very underrated actor. Oh, he, yeah. Wasn't he the one that got nominated for acting like 12 minutes in a movie or something like that? No. Or was that William Hurts? William Hurts. That was William Hurts. Yeah. That was William Hurt. Um, Spider-Man. We did the commentary. Watched Spider-Man. Haven't watched it in a very long time. And then I decided, why don't I watch Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3? So I watched 2 and 3 right after the Spider-Man 1 commentary. How did you find them after watching the first one with us? They're they're okay. They're I think Spider Man Two is probably the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider Man Three had its uh, had you know the moments of becoming dark, but like not even dark <laughs> enough to be a lot of silly moments. Scary. It was more of like yeah. dark and emo, and this was not the Venom vibe that I wanted to get from. Um, the symbiote coming back, coming down to earth. But yeah, apparently he wants to dance all the time and flaunt his stuff. But I guess that's what Peter Parker, his kind of his version of a venom would look like. Just, I get maybe Tobey Maguire's version. (laughs) I think it's just Tobey Maguire's face that just couldn't pull it off. And that, you know, like when he scruffs his hair for, Oh no, 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 no. Don't go this route. Oh, he just didn't God. pull off a bad guy no. vibe, good enough. But He's, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, a lot of crying faces. Man, <laughs> I totally forgot about Toby's crying face. face. Oh, it's yeah. uh, it's classic. I put on Batman Returns. Man, I totally forgot how much sexual innuendos this movie has. And like, hard I watched this when I was eight. And now that I'm watching it, you know, again, I've watched it many times, but like fully realizing what's happening on screen, I'm like, man, this is 
pretty bad in the sense of like, <laughs> this, this. this should have been like rated R in some points. <laughs> yeah, for Especially sure. The cat, there's a the scene where <laughs> Catwoman is like protecting um, a lady who's being robbed, and she like scratches this guy's face. And it's literally like blood in like threes. I'm like, oh wow, right across his face. Um, yeah, pretty, it's pretty um, it's very dark movie, and and you could tell, you could see why Warner Brothers, as history will show, gets cold feet when everybody some whenever somebody brings a unique or different take to their characters, and they try to overcourse correct, which is how we got Batman Forever. I still think it's probably the best Batman of that whole four arc trilogy or batman forever or batman returns batman returns it looks really really good in 4k i think the production value is amazing all the actors did an amazing job it was dark but like you know batman is a dark character i just the sexual overtones were huge like friggin the penguin he's just the grunting and he's putting the button on the um the lady's chest and she's like he's like all right let me get that on there for you he's, <laughs> he's just that was, that was a really good penguin, he's like, by the way i want to i want to be the mayor i want to grope women i'm like man this is it just says a lot because of the the world that we live in and you know yeah the Me Too movement that's Doesn't he say something like, that he wants to do something with his flipper or something like that i'm like oh, oh yeah. god <laughs> mom what's that mean <laughs> remember like I, I watched this when i was eight because yeah. i thought it was a batman movie and it Not was but like my god <laughs> my god yeah um and then i also put on tag which was on netflix mm-hmm. i enjoyed it i really do i it does fall flat especially the ending but i thought you know for a comedy it was really really good I, the music that they put into it the just the the chemistry of cast members was really good really good and i know you guys have your reservations on the movie tag but no, I mean, I think we think it's okay. Like, I, I think we walked out of it going like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was fun, but I think that there was a lot of moments that like this could have been better. This could have been better. There's so much. It reminds control. me of Game Night. It does have like Game Night vibes. As like an adult, as in that they're both comedies. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah that, comedies, that's Game adults. Uh, it's funny. I. <laughs> yeah, in those comparisons for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're they're the same movie. There's pop culture references. Like I know you guys love that in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's they're both Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Of they're course. both yeah, they're... shot on a camera. Oh yeah, yeah they, I, I forgot that. One. Yeah, I forgot that. They one. both have like their Bateman character. Who's like, the Bateman in that one? Uh, what's his name? Ed Helms. Matt. Ed Helms. Yes. Okay. Okay. We're, okay. we're gonna call him yeah. Matt. What? I don't know, Matt Reeves. Matt, Matt Store Wars? Matt Reeves. <laughs> Why is Matt Reeves in this? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, man. Tag was a great film. I encourage you guys to go watch it. It's on Netflix. All right, well, blame Anthony next week and let us know. This time with .com slash talk. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you if think. you just thought it was meh. Well, that just about wraps up today's episode. But before we finish, you guys ready for some trivia? Always. Boy, am I ever. Dun dun dun! Trivia time. Oh, Ready? Wow. That's yeah. our new. So, that's our new jingle. Hands in the air, or hands on your shoulders, or hands over your eyes. I can't tell because <laughs> I can't see you. But I hope you guys are not going to search us up. No. In David no. Fincher's Panic Room, 
Which country musician played Raul? Was it Trace Atkins, Dwight Yoakam, or Randy Travis? Uh, I'm going to go with Randy Travis. Ooh. And Mr. Daniel? Uh, I'm going to go with Andy Travis. That's my strategy. I'm just going to take... We're both, we're both wrong, answer. aren't we? You guys are both wrong. Damn. Uh, Dwight Yoakam uh, played oh, Raul in David Fincher's <laughs> Panic Room. That's uh, that's an interesting question, man. Yeah, that I would I say that's the worst this. question we've had so far. I, I would say so. I yeah. would definitely no, say it, so. No, it's not. That's a really good question. I thought you guys <laughs> at, would get this. Why would you get to, this? At what point have we ever said to you, man, did I did I ever tell you how much I love country music? I don't even know <laughs> what Yoakam was a country musician. Because Raul was such a great character in Panic Room. His oh, name was Raul. Didn't even if look we, like Raul. If we ended up watching Panic Room a couple weeks ago when we said we were, then I would have I would have forgiven this question. But now this question Actually is, I still wouldn't have because I don't listen to country music. <laughs> no, I don't want this question is better than last year last week's question, which was what friggin' time period was theaters being made or something. Oh, like that. I don't know. You mean the episode where we spoke about movie theaters? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the respect I get when I when I pick this, a really a, good question. Dude, it's okay. Don't worry. Just go watch Tag and you'll feel better. It's okay. Yeah. In tag, who tags Dwight Yoakam? Dwight Yoakam. I'm sure he is as good of a country musician as well. He's a pretty popular country musician. (laughs) So that That was fun, though. That's great. Yeah, that was fun. So that has been the movie podcast. Again, you could catch a brand new episode every single week. We have our commentary tracks this week. Again, is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. We also have commentary on Game Night and Sicario available for listen. Please follow us on our social pages for any updates and news by searching this time with. And if you want to be part of the show and ask us some questions or give us some suggestions or just correct our mistakes or prevent Daniel from crying, Head over to <laughs> thistimewith.com slash talk. Guys, be safe out there. Practice your social distancing. Happy Mother's Day. That was This Time with the Movie Podcast. And we'll see you next. Mm-hmm.